Hello my gorehounds and welcome back to the Scare School. Now I know that I've had a long break, but your girl's been busy with work and life. But a part of me has been itching to crawl back into the grave and teach my fellow hounds a few spooks or two. Now today's episode is based off of a subject I know everyone has had experience in. Ghost. Cultures all over the world believe in the spirits that survive death to live in another realm, most thought to have unfinished business. In fact, Ghosts are among one of the most widely believed phenomenons, and according to recent surveys, 43% of Americans believe in ghosts. Now I'm sure everyone has seen episodes of Ghost Hunters, but today you get to hear a collective of stories from our viewers who have submitted their own paranormal experiences for our listening pleasures. These people have experienced their own versions of paranormal frights, and here are their stories. Our first story comes from Alondra out of Texas. She tells us the story of a haunting that happened to her when she lived in her grandma's house in Fort Worth. So this was probably a few years ago, right when we lived with my grandmother back in Fort Worth. Um, So her house used to have this long hallway that would lead to the backyard <clears throat> and since her house only had two rooms um my uncle my, my mom's brother would sleep in one room then my parents in one bedroom and then me and my grandmother would sleep in the bed in the long hallway so when we were kids we used to joke around that you know the house was haunted and all you know and all that good stuff um so i didn't tell anybody until a few years ago but i used to see a little girl in like very old dresses, kind of like what a Victorian doll would look like with the, the bows, the curly brown hair, the blue eyes. And she would always ask to play. So she would always ask to play. Um, I usually didn't do anything until I think it was maybe two nights that I did. I remember the first night um, I went ahead and went to play with her. And then at the end of the hallway, there were um, two doors. One door went into this um, this kind of like storage room where old gym equipment was, and then the other one led right out into the backyard. And so she opened the door to the storage room, and we basically played all night. And when it got to the morning, or at least what I thought was morning, I told her I had to go, and I went back to my grandmother, I went to sleep, and kind of woke up like I was nothing, and just like a dream. Then, probably, maybe a few nights later, I can't remember, she showed up again. But this time, she was, she had a big black dog with her. Um, so, I asked her, you know, who the dog was, and she said it was, you know, her friend, that she, uh, he always was with her all the time, and that the the first time we played, he wasn't there because he was shy, and you know, I'm four years old, so I don't know any better. So, same thing, um, walk into the door to the spare, to the little um, storage room, and we play there the whole night again. And right when I tell her I have to go back, she looks like she's going to grab my hand and she says you know I don't I don't want you to go I don't want you to stay and I'm like no you know I want to go with my with my grandmother I want to go with my mom and my dad 
sister. And she's like, no, you're going to see. And, you know, obviously I get a little scared. It's like, oh, what is this little girl trying to tell me to stay, you know? And I tell her, like, no, I have to go. If I don't go, you know, my, my grandmother's going to get very upset. My mom's going to get scared, so I have to go. And so I didn't really notice this until I was kind of semi-fighting with her. But the dog, anytime she got angry, his eyes would glow red. And he started growling at me and, like, tugging at my pajama shirt. And I got scared. And I heard my grandmother calling after me. And I was like, I have to go. I have to go. And she kind of just screamed that she didn't want to go. And I kind of felt that the house was shaking for a bit. Um, but when I woke up, I was back in my bed with my grandmother. It was like an out-of-body experience, sort of. So that was Alondra's story. I apologize if any of the audio sounded a little weird. As you know, Texas is going through a blizzard right now, so the connection isn't as strong as it normally is. These are recordings, so there's going to be a little static every once in a while. But on to our next story. I wouldn't be a good host if I didn't put in at least one of my stories. I've had a collection of ghost encounters happen all over almost every single place that I've lived but one of the most vivid ones that I can remember was when I lived in Austin at these apartments I can't remember the name of the apartments for the life of me but it was if I'm remembering correctly some of the apartment buildings had burned down and they were rebuilt and it was said that the buildings that I was living in were haunted I remember that my cousin had a weird experience where she felt that somebody was watching her my mom had said that she had a figure stand at the edge of her bed and just watch her for a very long time remember the lights would go on and off and on and off and one day it was me my brother and my sister we were all in the house and we were looking for our dog we couldn't find her anywhere and I remember I went upstairs to the room to try and find our dog and I'm opening all these doors and none of the lights are coming on I'm confused, I'm freaking out, and as I open up the bedroom door, I see my dog huddling in the corner, looking scared, and as I turn on the light, I just, I remember seeing a tall, dark figure, and the door just shutting in my face. I freaked the hell out. My brother pushed the door open, got our dog out. The door shut again once behind us. We ran downstairs and freaked out. We were, we were so confused on what was happening. I know that that's not a long, drawn-out story, but it's one of the stories that I really remember. I've had doors shut 
in my face. I've had doors open, lights turn on and off, figures out of the corner of my eyes. We didn't live there very long, but definitely the presence in that house was an angry spirit. And definitely the energy was unsettling. That's my ghost story for you. This next story comes from our viewer Alexa. She tells the story of a haunting that is currently happening to her and her family.
repeats that a couple times and my boyfriend goes it's nothing you have nothing to worry about you're fine your mom and I are here you know everybody's here everybody's safe you know you're just fine so then every few days after that he will say that he sees shadows um, you know just he just sees something so it's it's an ongoing thing and it seems to be steadily getting worse and worse so hopefully I don't have too much to report later on this story comes from Steven out of Texas he tells the story of a ghost encounter when he was living in Connecticut. Let's get started. Hey, how y'all doing? Um, I think I was 18 or 19, but I'd always grown up hearing the story of this old deacon that worked at the church down the road. Um, I don't remember the year. I remember it was late 1700s or early 1800s, but apparently the deacon and this woman were having an affair. Um... And she ended up getting pregnant. And apparently he wanted to keep the baby, even though it was wrong. But she just kept saying how wrong the baby was, because obviously they were both cheating. Um, and he was a deacon, and he would lose his job if the baby was kept. And they would fight, oh, apparently every night. I don't know how long the fighting was going on for. But at some point, his emotions were so drawn out that he actually ended up killing her because he wanted to keep the baby how killing the baby and the woman solved that i don't know but anyway i ended up burying it in what was my backyard when i lived in connecticut um i lived on a land preserve that was 22 square miles nobody knows where the gravesite is but it's somewhere in that land preserve which was my backyard pretty much um so my curious and stupid self decided to do about two hours of research into how to summon spirits and talk to the dead. And in that two hours of research, I learned that you need to have opening cadences and closing cadences. If you want to summon a spirit, you need a spot for the spirit to be summoned to. Um, so I ended up drawing this diamond thing. I don't know that I found online. Um, different things written in that and on each corner. I lit candles on each of them. Um, and I drew a circle around the whole thing, because that's apparently where I was supposed to summon. I don't even know if any of this is true or right, but this is what I researched. So, ended up doing an open cadence. I opened my windows up, because I, that's supposed to let spirits in. Um, at least make it more inviting. I did my opening cadence, and then I was calling to her. I was like, this is a safe spot for you. I just want to talk to you. I'm so sorry for what happened to you. Um, I don't remember the exact words that came out of my mouth, but I said something. I remember I was on my knees next to it. I said something looking at it, and all of a sudden this huge cold wind just rushed in through my window. Um, all four of my candles went out, and then I, I don't know if really the wind ever left, but the window or, that it came through slammed shut too. And it was like all the same. It was all within a matter of like three seconds. The rush of wind, the whoosh, candles out, window shutting, and then it was just calm and silent and cold. Um, freaking out, at least I thought to close the portal or closing cadences. Um, and then I crawled under my blanket and hid forever. And I never tried to mess with that stuff again because 
Honestly, that was the first time I ever tried anything, and that was the response I got. Some people tell me it was just the wind, but it felt different. It wasn't just wind. I mean, wind doesn't just close my window. I had my windows open all the time. So, but yeah, it was enough to freak me out to never try again. Our next story comes from Noah. He tells the story of an experience that him and his sister both share. So, keep in mind that, let's just say a part of my family had a really long bloodline of people who have practiced, um, I guess you could call it black magic. So just go ahead and keep that in context. Um, so the story goes as follows. So, back in 2016, um, this, this is more of a dream than a haunting, but it comes a full circle, actually. So, anyways, um, basically what happened was that I had a very vivid, lucid type of dream that I remember remember a whole like I guess you could say like where I was at but I do remember I was running away from this really kind of like a really big lifeless figure but the thing was that it had its face it was very skeletal and it showed its teeth, it was human, there was a lot of human characteristics to it, or at least as far as like a human soul is, but the thing was that its chin was pointed, and it had kind of like horns, and it also, it also kind of had like a very weird kind of like gray like pigmentation to it, but I think the most striking So 
was at this end, this end, this turning point, and Angie, she was awake, and she was about to see her a TV that was on. And you know, my other sister Amanda, like she, she had a bad habit of leaving TV on while she was asleep, so she went to her room, checked her room out, but. I was really freaked out, but she was kind of like confused. So when she went upstairs, and there was like a big railing, like around like like the top of the stairwell. When she got up to the very top to go to her room, she felt something was watching her. And what happened was she saw the exact same thing that I was running. Going back to the context of this whole incident, this whole story that I have, which is more or less about, um, which I mentioned, a part of my, not really a part, but like a key part of my family actually has a bloodline or bloodline with Alright, that is the end of Noah's story. Once again, these are recordings, so a lot of the sounds are from their ends. It's not something I could really edit out. But I hope you're enjoying the stories, and let's go on to another one.
Our last story comes from Micah out of Texas. He tells the story of his paranormal experience that he had when he was a child. So when I was a kid, I used to play uh, with one of my cousins out in the countryside. I won't specify where, but um, it was myself, my cousin, seven seven or eight of us and um, it was pretty far out so there weren't any city lights there weren't any street lights it was all very quiet and calm and I was maybe eight or seven at the time so there was this part of the property that was mostly um, just just a, a very deep ravine where uh, we, they built a bridge and a couple of other uh, interlocking structures so that they could get to the other side uh, of their property. It was kind of shaped like a U and the ravine was, would, would bisect it. Um, and during the flooding seasons it would, it would fill up. So one time we were, we were all playing tag and I, I think at some point switched to hide and seek so we have my friends and I uh, as well as my a couple of my cousins who were, were hiding and I think we, we did we, we hit for, for quite some time then I, uh, I decided to, to spread out and, uh, and I told them that I would I would uh, I'd hide somewhere else and get out there maybe it would increase our chance of winning so I think it hit for nearly like 30 minutes, and by this time the sun had been going down, so it was quite dark, and I was pretty far off into the property. It was nearly um, two or three acres large, so it was pretty big, a lot of trees and dense foliage. And so uh, I make it back, because um, I, I decide to, uh, to head back to the house after waiting for some time and not hearing anyone. And so it, I make it back to the, to the bridge site. And at this point, it's kind of difficult to see. So I look across and I see a person standing there. I think it's my older cousin. Uh, we'll call him B. So B is standing on the other side of the bridge. And he's, he's, he's a teenager. At least I, I think that the size is roughly around the shape of a teenager. And I call out to him. And he doesn't move. And I, I start walking up to the to the bridge, and I get these kind of weird feelings. So I back off, and I I kind of just bolt the other way, like I'm running away from him playfully. But at the same time, I get this very odd feeling that I I don't know that maybe I shouldn't approach him. So, me being wary, I, I circle around back, and I go into the, um, into the house, because it's, it's too dark to really you know, feel comfortable or safe outside at this point, and everybody's in the house, including my, uh, my cousins, and, or my cousin, V, and um, I didn't tell them what had happened until many, many 
days later. There aren't that many adjacent properties, but people have been known to wander from time to time. And I'm not exactly sure if the figure I saw was in fact a person, but at the time it did feel very real. Um, I know it's a little anticlimactic, but that's, uh, that's my story. Alrighty y'all, that's going to be it for our ghost stories, but I would like to thank my volunteers who put their own personal paranormal experiences in recordings for y'all's listening pleasure. I am all for including my audience in new episodes, so if I have another submission podcast, please don't hesitate to tell your story. We're all here to listen to the strange, creepy, and scary tales that you have to tell. While I was researching ghost stuff, I actually found some interesting ghost facts that I'd love to share with you guys. So according to Lou, spirits that haunt want your attention. But spirits absolutely have no sense of time, and most don't realize that they're dead. And to them, it's like they're stuck in an awful nightmare. Spirits can communicate with us in various ways, in dreams and through subliminal thoughts. Others more scientific ways are through white noise and EVP. Spirits are more active at night and some people think it's due to less electronic disturbance that they're able to produce more energy when not having to compete with various electric and electronic devices aka the witching hour. Spirits can and often do manifest with orbs, streak of lights, mist, dark shadows, or blurs within the air that are most likely common. Full body apparitions are always possible, but are not likely. Most ghostly disturbances are actual residue or residual haunting, events that play themselves over and over again, often without the spirit having any control over it whatsoever. Spirits often retain memory and emotions of their physical life, and most certainly the memories and emotions associated with the time right before their death. Spirits retain their personality, and animals and children are more likely to see a ghost than a grown adult. Even the spirits of animals can haunt, and spirits can often be helpful, and most are very protective of the families that they haunt. When spirits are bored, they often cause trouble and become mischievous. So, alas, ghosts may actually exist in a state of confusion and not have a clue as to what happened to them, why they are here, why you cannot see or hear them. So I found all those to be interesting and just thought I wanted to share it with you guys. Tune into my next episode. Um, not entirely sure what I will put on. I have a couple of suggestions that I'm going to try to do. I want to try to bring you guys interesting topics to listen to and participate in. But until next time. I hope you guys have a killer night. Signing off.